1952, on the urging of a publisher to write his own account of his history and character. All autobiography, of course, is vanity. But Rousseau, condemned by the Church, outlawed by three states, and deserted by his closest friends, had the right to defend himself even at great length. When he read some passages of this defense to gatherings in Paris, his foes secured a government ban on further public readings of his manuscript. Discouraged, he left it at his death with a passionate plea to posterity. Here is the sole human portrait, painted exactly after nature in all truth, that now exists or that will probably ever exist. Whoever you are, whom my fate and confidence have made the arbiter of this record, I beg you, by my misfortunes and by your fellow feeling, and in the name of all mankind, not to destroy a work useful and unique, which can serve as a first piece of comparison for the study of man, and not to take from the honor of my memory the only sure monument of my character that has not been disfigured by my enemies. His extreme sensitivity, subjectivity, and sentiment made the virtues and the faults of his book. A feeling heart, he said, was the foundation of all my misfortunes, but it gave a warm intimacy to his style, a tenderness to his recollections, often a generosity to his judgments that melt our antipathy as we read. Here everything abstract becomes personal and alive. Every line is a feeling. This book is the fountainhead of the Mississippi of introspective self-revelations that watered the literature of the nineteenth century. Not that the confessions had no forebears, but even St. Augustine could not match the fullness of this self-denudation or its claim to truth. It begins with a burst of challenging eloquence. I am forming an enterprise which has had no example, and whose execution will have no imitator. I wish to show my fellow men a man in all the truth of nature, and this man shall be myself. Myself alone. I know my heart, and I am acquainted with men. I am not made like any one of those who exist. If I am not better, at least I am different. If nature has done well or ill in breaking the mold in which I was cast, this is something of which no one can judge except after having read me. Let the trumpet of the last judgment sound when it will. I shall come, this book in hand, to present myself before the sovereign judge. I shall say loudly, This is how I have acted, how I have thought, what I have been. I have told the good and the bad with the same candor. I have concealed nothing of evil, added nothing of good. I have shown myself as I was, despicable and vile when I was so, good, generous, sublime when I was these, and I have unveiled my inmost soul. This claim to complete sincerity is repeated again and again. But Rousseau admits that his remembrance of things fifty years past is often fragmentary and unreliable. In general, part one has an air of candor that is disarming. Part two is disfigured by wearisome complaints of persecution and conspiracy. Whatever else the book is, it is one of the most revealing psychological studies known to us. 
the story of a sensitive and poetic spirit in painful conflict with a hard and prosaic century. In any case, The Confessions, if it were not an autobiography, would be one of the great novels of the world. 2. Homeless, 1712-31 I was born at Geneva in 1712, son of Isaac Rousseau and Suzanne Bernard, citizens. This last word meant much, for only 1,600 of Geneva's 20,000 souls had the name and rights of citizen, and this was to enter into Jean-Jacques' history. His family was of French origin, but had been settled in Geneva since 1529. His grandfather was a Calvinist minister. The grandson remained basically a Calvinist through all the wanderings of his faith. The father was a master watchmaker, imaginative and unstable, whose marriage in 1704 brought him a dowry of 16,000 florins. After the birth of a son,